the, just the, the revolutionary idea that, you know, you don't need to believe in God to believe in God. I believe every person deserves kindness in their lives. I believe kindness has the power to change us from the inside out, to change the world beginning with you and me. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Self-Kindness, Self-Kindness with Pete. It's about figuring out how kindness towards ourselves can be our superpower, how kindness is more than just a reward at the end of the day. It's about living clear lives, focused lives, motivated by loving concern, rather than motivated by fear and anxiety. It's about how we make that change. How does self-kindness show up the moment we need it the most? You are so worthy of the kindness that's already in you. And each week, we'll be exploring how to do that with people who are leading this kindness awakening in their own lives. My name is Pete Sibley, and I'm so grateful you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Self-Kindness with Pete. I am Pete Sibley, and I am really excited to be here with you today. Uh, I don't know what it is this morning. Maybe it was the the cup of coffee that, that got me going, but I'm feeling really excited to step into this episode. Uh, an amazing guest and friend uh, coming on the show with me today. Reclaiming. That is the topic today, reclaiming, and I'm super excited to explore that right now because I feel like a lot maybe has been lifted up, has been rustled around, and there's this quality in the air in my life right now about reclaiming. And how does that relate to self-kindness? Well, we'll get into that in just a moment. But um, but yeah, you know, just enjoying sitting here in front of this microphone. Mentally, I see you smiling back at me, and I wonder how you're doing right now. Are you hanging out, doing the dishes? That's one of my favorite places to listen to podcasts. Are you going for a walk? Or are you just, maybe you're driving somewhere? I'm so grateful that you have taken this time right now to drop in with me. Having you here listening, that's really helping getting this self-kindness conversation into the world. So don't forget to subscribe or leave a comment wherever you're listening or share it with a friend. But how is it going? Just dropping in. You notice that pause, what happens there? You take that attention that is, you know, listening to my words or whatever, and you turn it into you. You notice you. Put that attention. Where do you feel it in your body? Are you sitting? Are you standing? That simple act, that's self-kindness. That's self-awareness. That's the power that all of my guests in, boy, we've, I can't believe we're on episode 17. We just started this in the beginning of the pandemic and we're already cruising along. But every guest talks about the secret, if you will, to all of these beautiful results and outcomes uh, that self-kindness can give us begins with that simple act of noticing self-awareness so reclaiming that's it reclaiming is just reconnecting to what's already here in the moment and we talk a lot today about reclaiming reclaiming names reclaiming our connection with something larger a divine source or even god reclaiming that ability to be clumsy and be a beginner in reconnecting with us, to reclaim kindness that we have extended out into the world, turning it back on us to allow us to live in the world as a heart-centered human being. And one way that that reclaiming happens is by taking a look at why you have begun to dismiss some things in your life. So if something has been dismissed to reclaim it, we need to see what, why. Why have we done that? Why have we pushed that away? And so 
I have recently done that in my own life by being really intentional about hearing my own words. And I keep talking week after week about how important self-kindness is and also how important it is to invite other people on that self-kindness journey with me with intention. So I created a checklist for myself and I noticed that I've started sharing it with some of you and some of my friends about the reasons why self-kindness gets placed on the back burner. So in no particular order, I'm just going to read these out, share them with you, and then we'll jump into my interview. Reason number one, why we can't be fierce and courageous with our practice of self-kindness is we don't have time. I don't have time. Pete, if you knew my schedule, I don't have time. So I hear that. I'm a dad of two kids. I'm a husband. Right now, I have two careers going, coaching and a music career, Um, aging parents, pandemics, fires, houses, pets, uh, you know, exercise. Exercise. I'm a type 1 diabetic, you know, all like, of course, no one has can just jump right in. But what I notice is that in my life, I can no longer afford not to find the time. I remember when I first started meditating, you know, a couple decades ago, it just, I had time in the sense that I, Ann and I were just recently married, living in Jackson Hole. I could sit on the back deck for an hour and a half and do nothing and just sit with my thoughts. But that's not a reality right now. And what I love about the self-kindness practice that I adhere to is that it gets integrated into a busy schedule. And actually, it can use the busy schedule as part of the practice. So I just don't buy that anymore. For myself, I can find ways to integrate it. Another thing that has come up is I don't have the funds and... Wow, that is a true one for me or has felt true for so long. And yet what I've noticed just recently when I have decided internally that this is so vital for me and my conversation with you is so vital that I want to be able to show up uh, in a way for myself, for my family, for you that really helps us to transform. I believe that 2020 is all about giving us that opportunity to turn everything on its head. So I don't want to miss that opportunity. So somehow, Ann and I have talked about it. We have found a way to not only am I, have I started working with a therapist again, which I love, and I know Ann is stoked as well, but I'm also signing up to work with a coach. I'm working with somebody who's going to help me with this specifically with my my business and my podcast and to continue my own self-kindness journey. So I noticed that I don't have the funds. Again, I can find a way past that, that block. And the final one is I'm not quite ready. It sounds great, Pete, what you're talking about, but... You know, I'm, I'm not quite ready. That sounds really vulnerable. That sounds like, well, you got to get into some stuff I'm not interested in looking at quite yet. And I hear that as well. But where I want to come from is I love how reality has never waited for my opinion. It just keeps on coming at me. And so I noticed that my life is lived out of it. I'm not quite ready. And when I start to think about it, just about everything that I've done, I'm not quite ready. I'm not quite ready. As a musician and touring musician for over a decade, hundreds, thousands of shows, there was maybe a handful of shows where I stepped onto stage and I was thinking, I am so ready for this, you know? And that's, that was my profession was to get up on the stage and every single time it was butterflies in the stomach. I'm not quite ready. Maybe a little bit more warming up my voice. Maybe getting my fingers a little bit more uh, warmed up. Uh, Wait, did, did we get the songs in the right? You know, everything. 
I'm not quite ready. And that's how self-kindness as a practice acts as that fire extinguisher, that safety bag right in the moment when you need it most. It shows up. And that's why I believe so strongly in making it a practice, having someone hold us accountable, help us stay accountable to that practice in our life so we can benefit from that, so we can grow from that, so we can live unstuck, so we can live at ease in our lives and be of greater service in the world, living from that heart space. And that's the journey that I want to take you on. And I invite you to check out PeteSibley.com and join me on that journey. I'd be thrilled to work with you. And now before we get into the interview, we're going to take a quick moment to hear from some people who believe in self-kindness and are supporting this conversation. Self-Kindness with Pete is supported by Union Yoga Monterey. Union Yoga, what can I say about Union Yoga besides it's a little moment of bliss in my life. Anytime that I think about Union Yoga, anytime that I actually get myself to sign up and participate in a class with Union Yoga, it is just everything that is good about yoga is embodied in Union Yoga Monterey. They're now offering beach yoga classes at the Tides Hotel if you're here locally in Monterey. But the great thing about this is if you're listening to my voice and you're on the other side of the country, you could still take part in Union Yoga Monterey by checking out their live streaming yoga classes. They're now offering streaming mini immersions of 20-minute group breath work and meditations for 5 or 20 days. And you can sign up for all of this at unionyoga-monterey.com. That's union, U-N-I-O-N-Y-O-G-A, dash or hyphen, Monterey, M-O-N-T-E-R-E-Y. And high school and college students, your rate is 10 bucks, so you're saving 20 bucks if you use the code, all capitals, wise student. That's all capitals code, wise student. So I'm loving it. Thank you, Union Yoga. Can't wait to sign up again, and thanks for your support. Self-Kindness with Pete is supported and caffeinated by Captain and Stoker Coffee Roasters, located in Monterey, California, 398 East Franklin Street. They're open every day, Monday through Friday, 6.30 to 4, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 to 4 p.m. You know, some places are just good at making you know their wares like making good coffee some places are just filled with good people some places make you feel good some places have fun little knickknacks and some places are just you know doing right by who they are in the world who they are in the community making the community community a better place and guess what captain and stoker does all of those things they are great people they're bringing really good coffee and good things to our community it's like i am a huge fan of their instagram posts their work of art and they make me laugh and they make me want another cup of coffee every time i go in to captain stoker i feel better anytime that i think of getting myself over there for a cup of coffee i start to notice that my day i get a little skip in my step I love these people, and I'm so grateful that they said yes to being partners with me at Self-Kindness with Pete. So if you can't make it there and check out their coffee in person, check them out online. Check them at Instagram, Captain Stoker, and or CaptainAndStoker.com online. You can order up their coffee and brew up a batch for yourself today. Thanks, Captain and Stoker. So my guest today is Irish singer, storyteller, and poet, Michal O'Sullivan. He hails from one of Ireland's most esteemed musical and artistic families. His music, performed along with his brother Owen, draws from a huge repertoire spanning thousands of years embodying Ireland in song. Ireland's oldest tradition, Celtic Sonnos, medieval Gregorian chant from the monastic period, Irish folk songs in English and Gaelic, original inspirational pop songs, and even human beatbox in Irish rap. 
His first book of poetry, Early Music, was recently released and available wherever books are sold. And I actually just picked up my own copy and love it. So let's get into the conversation. And we actually pick it up partway through me asking Michal about reclaiming his name. So, Molly, I always call you Molly, but I thought I saw somewhere that you were... Are you... Is is Molly... What's, well, pe- how, well, how are you being called these days? It, that's that's a great question. I suppose I practiced a little bit of self kindness relatively recently in letting go of a nickname that I had since I was a baby that I was christened by my brother, who's four years older than me, and when I was a baby. He christened me Moly because he was reading or listening to the audiobook of Wind in the Willows, which is a British children's story, mm. kind of, mm-hmm. you know, with totemic animals and uh, a crazy toad and a, a kind of an anxious bipolar mole that uh, that is very shy. So that's, that, that, that name stuck with me and I, lo- I loved it for a long time. Uh, but I l- let it go to take on my real name of Michal O'Sullivan, which is Michael in the Irish language is Michal. And uh, yeah, so I've, I, I've deepened my narrative, if you will, mm. and reclaimed my name, which was challenging, actually, because when I began my quest to master the art form of music, I started very much with the name Moly because I'm a rapper and I was a kind of a pop singer. And Moly suited that identity of the artist, you know, this abstracted identity. I think that's mm. why a lot of people choose different names because there's a there's a safety in it. So I definitely my original vision of being a, being an artist in the world was to have a stage name um to uh, naturally gravitate towards the less vulnerable uh abstracted kind of rock star identity <laughs> with the, right. but with but with the name moly um but the the world had other plans for myself and and for my brother as well and we were not to become acoustic inspirational folk rock stars but we we were actually carrying uh, part of one of the reasons I, I took on the Irish name, my birth cert name, as well as because a lot of the invitations in the last decade um, have been to perform not my rap music, but more ancient traditions of mm. music that myself and my brother <clears throat> Uh, carry and we sing Irish traditional song in the English language and we sing Gregorian chant in Latin which is kind of medieval and we sing pre-Christian Irish language uh, lamentations that we got that we inherited from my mother so that's been a great source of comfort and uh, indeed self-kindness is hearing and performing these very soothing and very ancient pieces of music actually which is Mm. One of the very, very lucky parts of my life is to carry these little gems of wisdom. Mm. So that's well, a long answer for, I, for, no, for letting I, go I of Moli. I love that. I love that. So Michal, mm-hmm. I, I love that because we're in, and that is a great place to start about talking about self-kindness in that allowance. I think that's the the balance and the the journey that we're all on of the world reporting back to us with external you know yeses and nos but then we take that information and we bring it inside and you know we align it with the yeses and nos in us and then take the next step and then take the next step so in a way what i would ask you is just maybe as we're about to to talk about self-kindness what how would you define that term as you understand it it's it's a really beautiful topic um one part of self-kindness for me recently was 
uh, allowing myself to take myself a little bit more seriously. So I always more, more I'm sorry more more, more seriously. Yes. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you don't hear very often because people are are so obsessed with taking themselves less seriously. But mm. I uh, gravitate towards the opposite, and indeed, uh, it's partly an Irish identity trait to uh, not take one's, oneself seriously, uh, to the detriment, actually, of the more serious and real and inherited parts of ourselves that we do want to carry and we do want to represent. And one of the aspects that flourished when, when I began to allow myself to take myself a little bit more seriously around the art forms of singing and speaking uh, was poetry. And I started writing poetry around seven or eight years ago. The, the first poem I ever wrote was for my brother's wedding, actually. And, uh, and that, was a, that was a good while ago now, yeah, almost 10 mm. years. And um, so that, yeah, well, that was, that's definitely part of, of, a, of a, a fashion of self-kindness. Uh, that I always had. I mean, the opposite, though, of that self-kindness is also I did get a lot of comfort and have gained a lot of therapeutic use out of humour and comedy, though. So it, it is <laughs> right. a balance. It is certainly right. a balance. Yeah, well, maybe this would be a, a moment to hear one of those poems. Sure, yeah, sure. I was lucky enough to publish my first collection of poetry with a friend of mine called David White. Now, David is a, um, a legendary speaker and poet mm. and has traveled the world for the last 30 years. He, his publishing house very generously printed up this little book called Early Music that I just got into my hands over this period of isolation. So it was a very, very, very large silver lining in, in all of this surreality. Mm. There is a poem here uh, called Chinook Sanctuary, and it's about a interfaith prayer room in a retreat center on Whitby Island in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest. Of course, there are lots of deep forest areas, and this beautiful retreat center called Chinook is mm. set deep in the forest on, on a couple of acres. And there's a little humble uh, prayer shack, if you will, that's very Spartan, <clears throat> fully made of, of wood. And I was just really struck at the prayerful nature of this little space. And uh, I wrote this poem called Chinook Sanctuary. Having descended into silence, I face a wooden structure. The sanctuary breathes before me, so I enter with rain on my skin. Completely empty, it welcomes the emptiness in me. Called to prayer, the easy prayer of simple breathing. This is how a church should be, the joining of warm wood together making walls invisible, calling us to join in, not leave behind the life outside the door. A church vulnerable to fire and water, a prayer vessel floating in the forest. Mesmerised by amber tree lines ringing around me, I knew courageous prayers are said in places like this, with wood not stone listening. I knew utter joy sweeps through places like these. A shelter, not an escape, unfettered by damp rock and twisted metal, hidden behind stained glass, lead-lined, but a living, breathing, wild church for wild prayers. And though the air is still, a silent gale rose through this singing space, this silent cathedral among the moss. 
My skin thirsts again for rain, my soul a falling acorn, a hazelnut floating. Grant yourself refuge here. Grasp these sacred seconds and call your soul your own. church vulnerable to fire and water, a prayer vessel floating in the forest, mesmerised by amber tree lines ringing around me. I knew courageous prayers are said in places like this with wood, not stone, listening. I knew utter joy sweeps through places like these, a shelter, not an escape, unfettered by damp rock and twisted metal hidden behind stained glass, lead-lined, but a living, breathing, wild church for wild prayer and though the air is still. A silent gale rose through this singing space, this silent cathedral among the moss. My skin thirsts again for rain, my soul a falling acorn, a hazelnut floating. Grant yourself refuge here. Grasp these sacred seconds and call your soul your own. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. The image that came to mind as you as you first read it and then reread it, the things that stood out were courageous prayers and then, again, wild prayers and finding refuge in, in that space. Could you unpack that a little bit for us? As for me, that is the self-kindness journey, finding refuge in that space and allowing those courageous and wild prayers just just allowing them to have a life right mm. yeah and that's one of the skills or privileges we also inherited from from both our parents but especially my our mother noreen she is a great fierce practitioner of prayer and also of interfaith spirituality as well and she has a, a great courage in leading ritual, but also of taking on other cultures and finding refuge in the wisdom traditions of other cultures. Hmm. So this skill, it's almost a postmodern skill, really, of using the global spiritual traditions as like courageously to look at prayer scientifically like our generation has been trained to look at everything scientifically. I mm. think that they, there is a courageousness needed in order to find shelter in these ancient traditions. So even though my faith in God is not solid, I can still find refuge and comfort in, in prayer. Mm. Uh, mm. And almost, almost I find prayer useful on a biochemical level. Uh, mm -hmm. So definitely I find a respect and a courageousness to, to talk about prayer, which is a pretty radical thing to do for our generation, right, um, right. To, to own it. And that was part of my mission around the poetry too, that a lot of the poems are actually about prayer. Um, mm. So I was really happy that I was courageous enough or gave myself permission to speak on a spiritual level, even though... Theologically, my, my faith is not sound. We, we think that we have to be a fully card-carrying believer in like nuts and bolts God entity yeah. uh, in order, yeah. in order to, to even speak on a prayerful level. But we don't need that. Faith is actually, it, it means doubt. So um, mm. having faith is, is actually acknowledging the mystery, not, not having blind faith. Right. Yeah, you know, I talk about that a lot on this program so far. It seems to come up often is that it's you don't have to be a card carrying, you know, member to to participate in in around being kind to ourselves, especially as adults. We want to look like we know we have it together. We want to look <laughs> like the expert. And so we're very unwilling to be clumsy in our attempts we're very un unwilling to kind of kind of allow ourselves to fumble through mm -hmm. and talking about prayer instantly i feel like put that lens onto something like 
spirituality like something that's sacred and mm-hmm. it feels really clumsy and so yeah. therefore we said well and no, 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 i'm not going to go clumsy i'm going to read this you know book this person has you know the expertise and let me get it there rather than yeah. making making a clumsy attempt experts say you know that the, the term experts uh, a panel of experts yeah you're not supposed to speak about anything these days unless you have a, a master's degree um <laughs> Right. In, in something so and that's what's so right that's what's so challenging i think mm-hmm. when i share with the idea of self-kindness i feel like people take it at a at a level and and can integrate it well oh that's great you know a bar of chocolate at the end of the day or letting myself have a nice bath at a, mm-hmm. at the after the end of a hard day and yes that's self-kindness but like that poem points to you know there there can be really deep courage in exploring the depth of self-kindness. Um, and it gets a little wild at times because it starts to tap into that that place where we're not in control. Mm. Not that we are in control, but it taps into that understanding that boy, we and, really are not in control. And it's that's one of the, the, the tragedies of, of this century is the, the sense of prohibition of the prayerful identity in us. Um, that we've become disenfranchised and actually disallowed from entering a prayerful space because of all the politically correct institutional problems we may or may not have, or theological problems. The, the just the the revolutionary idea that you know you don't need to believe in God to believe in God. People forget this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, well, was, uh, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about that because I feel like in this moment that we're recording this in 2020 Mm -hmm. I feel like the world is reflecting so much one of my uh, earlier guests that I had on on my show was talking about she was just so grateful that some cultures whether they're indigenous cultures or what have you have been they've been able to hold on to to their prayers they've been able to hold on to their uh, their sacred rituals. And she was talking about that as being a gift for humankind, that yeah. that those are still available. Mm. You know, you're talking about carrying on these songs, and I feel like that is a lot of what you and your brother do when you're singing, and your, your mom, you know, my favorite album of yours that I notice I go back to are the sacred songs. Mm-hmm. Although, I, I mean, I love, <laughs> I love, love, hearing your beatbox in your rap. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely, yeah, that was definitely um, a, an act of kindness that I practiced early on was to to uh, get into hip hop, uh, which is a very inclusive invitational, like the old school, once you get past the, the, the gangster rap facade, um, it's a very inclusive and kind culture, actually. So I was really glad that I, I uh, that I immersed myself in that early. But I, I learned the Irish traditional songs uh, analogously along. So I always had a couple of different worlds. And I find myself very lucky because my natural propensity is not toward spirituality or, or prayer. I'm just like everybody else. And I'm very happy just to scroll on Facebook and not, not think about anything. But <laughs> so I was kind of, uh, apprenticed into this space on the back of the music really you know so I found mm. myself because I had learned a few Gregorian chants I found myself in prayerful or deep listening situations in uh, faith-based venues and that was a huge gift for me mm. Uh, mm. That, that I feel very lucky because if I didn't have the music I, I wouldn't have naturally gravitated towards those places and the prayer, uh, the poetry then has just added a, a, a kind of a spoken word um, element, which is different for a singer as well. And a musician, you know, when you sing, people think it's ultra personal, but to, to the singer, it's a bit of a parlor trick. You're actually quite disembodied. Um, mm. It looks easy and heartfelt, but actually it's kind of like uh, driving in the dark. You're just kind of li- like a like a, an organ. You're just pulling out all the stops and pressing the keyboard on the ground mm-hmm. um <laughs> but uh so that's what it feels like so this, the spoken word is actually very fierce and when i wrote the poems in 
in the collection first when I recited them first you know my body my body didn't know how to how to hold them uh, and I would cry out before the ends of sentences and they would be just extremely emotional to mm. speak them aloud so mm. that's another as humbling aspect of of music and performance because you would know being a brilliant singer Pete but anytime we perform something for the first time in public it, no matter how much you've practiced it never goes right <laughs> you know <laughs> it's never ever ever the same as you practiced it so mm. something happens when you bring uh, what you've been practicing when you when you first sing it to anybody it could be could be your mom or it could be somebody you know that you don't know at all your best laid plans kind of uh, they don't fall apart usually, but most mm. uh, most times when you roll out a new song in public of any number of, of audience, it's it's a very different uh, experience. So that's another humbling thing that uh, I've found about self-kindness that music has taught me that mm -hmm. um, you can practice a lot and perfect something on your own. But when you do bring it to the world, it will end up looking different. Uh, and that's another thing I, I admire yeah. in artists as well uh, that don't that aren't that are not uh, obsessed with themselves. They're able to just create art without without a, a self consciousness. You know, mm. there's great solidarity as well in the idea that right. no matter how brilliant the musician is, the first time whether you're a classical violinist or a singer or a rapper, first time you perform something in public. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are. The same thing happens. Our, our brain kind of scrambles and you have to act. Uh, you have to you have to grant yourself a lot of self-kindness and self-forgiveness because mm. it's a fact the first time you do it, it, it always scrambles. Um, so there's, I found great solidarity in that. Uh, once I realized that we're actually mm. all on this uh, constant rehearsal, but then when we do it in public, we're always humbled. But then you have to pretend that that's the way you did it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. Well, would you be willing to share some of your experience now? You know, you're leading, you know, now virtually, but you had been leading retreats with people and kind of mm -hmm. intentionally entering into this type of space and this type of dialogue. If, if a person is listening and they say, well, I'm not a musician, I'm not an artist, I don't create. How can we invite that? A similar experience is it being brave and testing something at work is it uh, you know being vulnerable in a relationship uh, like how, what would your some something you might share with somebody who's intrigued by this idea but maybe describe the space how to enter it i think that over familiarity is is something that needs to be challenged so when we listen to music for instance we always listen to the same things. So how do we find new music? So one part of self-kindness that we can carry out is finding new ways of listening. Me and my brother and my mom have done these online courses called Hedge School. Mm. And that really is a kind of a family conversation around certain topics and it's very multidisciplinary and it can go from like humor to theology to kind of philosophy and then we sing as well and that's been a great source of inspiration for me as well in terms of really looking at ancient irish culture and the modern poetry and the songs and unlocking a sense of wisdom within them like is there a message in the symbolism of of these songs we started running a tour to ireland as well that we do twice a year naturally we postponed it this year but that's two groups of 30 people and that's uh we meet them off the plane in shannon airport and we bring them to one place for seven days and it's four nine-seater minivans and then each day in the morning we do a two-hour session in, in one of the houses 35 people all bring their chairs into one of the houses and we sing really and 
kind of sit at the feet of our mom, Nori, because she's a really extraordinary reciter uh, and lecturer and singer. And she will, as I was saying earlier, she will go between cultures like poetic recitation, uh, some humorous songs, and then some 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 religious song as well. So this this marrying of the sacred and the secular, the the uh, religious and the traditional, uh, the human and the divine, all together with a sense of irreverence and that courage that it takes. It goes back to the point earlier we made, the courage that it takes to take on a deeper uh, permission to, to mm. use. In Ireland, of course, we say, we say, you know, oh, thank God a lot. Uh, we use God. In fact, in, in order to say hello in Irish, you say diachwit, which is God be with you. Um, that's how we say hello, you know. We, there is that permission. Uh, and of course, the, the Irish stereotype is, oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph and all the holy saints. And, you know, we, <laughs> we, do, we do have that innate uh, permission to use the name of God and any, any, any type of inspiration. Uh, so one of the things that I would recommend for people to do is to be brave and to use God in their daily speaking, um, actually, to allow yourself to, to invoke the name of God more. <laughs> it actually has, a, for me, a biochemical effect, uh, and it's a mm. reminder that, that we're actually part of something bigger. Mm. So that's... Mm. Yeah, as you said that, it it answered the question that was just starting to come up, which is, you know, I hear a lot from people that they they just kind of feel stuck right now. There's there's a stuckness, and what's interesting is as we, as I might ask them about that, you know, they can't really put their finger on it. It's more of a feeling. But as you're saying that, you know, well, I can immediately hear some people say, "Well, you know, God is such a charged word for me." Um, mm -hmm. So, and I hear that. Um, so, but just that invitation to make intentional a practice that that points you back or sets you back into a place where you're reminded of that greater, you know, that greater connection that we have, or that greater source. You know, I think yeah. even the person who is 100% unwilling to believe in God would be able to look around and say, I can't exist without things outside of me, mm -hmm. nutrients, protein, you know, air, water, whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. And so just allowing that larger connection. It's yeah. wild that you said biochemical because that's what comes to mind. Is Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, 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 I had an atheist phase myself, you know, when I was, when I was younger. Uh, but then as, as a kind of a survival mechanism, I, I began to uh, to use, you know, divine sayings, really. Like I say, thank God a lot, and mm. God knows, and uh, other little exclamations as well that wow. uh, invoke God. But I, I, I purely only do it just to uh, just to kind of rattle the cage of my imagination, really. I don't mm. have any mm. particular beliefs. I'm a charlatan, as far as God is concerned. Um, <laughs> But I think we all are, you know, and that's that's the solidarity that we all feel like like frauds in a sense. Um, mm. These days, you feel like a fraud if you're not an expert, as we were saying earlier. But me and my brother were talking one time. If you feel like a fraud, then actually that's the feeling of authenticity. And that's because an authentic feeling. Yeah, it, it is very. And, <clears throat> and if you should actually feel fraudulent throughout your life on the on the peripheries of or thresholds of new areas that you're inhabiting in, in yourself and mm. in your interests so that sense of fraudulence and uh, that you're you're faking it till you make it that's actually mm. a necessary and uh, recommendable and commendable uh, feeling it means that mm. you're you're doing the right thing yeah, one of my guests just recently was talking about uh, dealing with imposter syndrome. Yes, yes. 
and it comes up so prevalent you know even in doing this this podcast the question is you know well who am i to put together a podcast who am i to you know that imposter syndrome comes in Mm -hmm. and but what you're saying is when you start having that imposter syndrome you're actually onto something and you are, it is very courageous to uh, talk about self-kindness and to, to back your own experience uh, and your own abilities to, mm. to really be a conduit for the practical and the poetic, really, yeah. in this podcast. Well, so. well, yeah, thank you. And that one, another guest, he and I were joking, saying, mm. you know, we just as well could have called this uh, self deprecation or self-mutilation with me because I'm really practiced at that but you know I think we all are on on some level and that's why we're here to support each other that's why we're here to to read poetry and and listen to song and be reconnected and that's what I love about you know, <clears throat> I would love to hear your uh, take on on this, which is I listen to those sacred songs. I don't understand the words, and yet I I know where it takes me and what it's saying to me. But it in- definitely invokes something in me. So yeah, the, the, we inherited yeah we inherited these these lamentations from my mom, uh, Noreen. She's a theologian and a musicologist, and then she was. Just out of college, she went, uh, she studied music and she went and collected these songs for her master's um, women's uh, spiritual song in the Irish language. So a lot of that was passed matrilineally uh, through the women. And uh, one large area of repertoire among the women's songs uh, is that of lamentation. And there's a great tradition of lamentation in Ireland, uh, especially among the, the female voices. And there would be these laments that would have vocalizations that weren't actually words, you know. So there's there's one called Ohonus Ohono, which is a, a lamentative kind of cry that comes back as a refrain. And mm. there is something uh, mantric in them. And mm. that's that's been a redemptive and very, very grounding aspect of my life that scared us at first, really. Of course, when you're Irish, the same imposter syndrome as well. If you sing Irish traditional song, you think that, you know, who am I to, who am I to be singing these amazing songs when there's so many uh, mm. amazing Irish traditional musicians here? Or you're not really an Irish traditional musician unless you, you actually only sing Irish traditional song there's mm, that element mm-hmm. as well and and just the idea all of the the inferences if you do choose to to carry these ancient songs uh, with with a little bit of seriousness it's actually a very vulnerable place to be because mm. you're no longer that that uh, funny rapper guy you're actually toting a very powerful and ancient tradition and that's been Mm. that's been really really great so yeah the words don't really matter and that's been true for me too and i i often like to listen to uh the benedictine monks of Shevtonia, which is this amazing uh greek orthodox russian orthodox chant uh gregorian chant and i love not knowing the words Mm -hmm. Um, and a, a great mode of self-kindness as well it's easy to do on spotify uh, or on any of these streaming services but is to listen to music that you've never heard before so it's a definite headspace where where you can live and mm. also get rid of that familiarity and mm. you can just put on playlists of random jazz or whatever but oh, to, to have a space in your life where you're listening to something that you don't know what's coming next i think it's an important Hmm. Part part of that's the horizon. Great right yeah. way, yeah, yeah. So I like to listen not to music what's that, coming to next, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I and it, a jazz is great for that because you can just put on any jazz uh, playlist and and you've never heard most of the songs. So I think that's yeah. a a great way to be kind to ourselves is to uh, not fall back on familiarity, 
and to have a, a horizon sonically in your life where, where you can enter into a space and challenge yourself. Well, Michal, I feel like there's so much more that I would want to ask you and bring it. Maybe we'll, we'll have another conversation. Um, yeah. I love how this kind of almost came full circle. Um, in the beginning, we were talking about that importance of naming and and also in poetry and the power in words and then coming to you know the the yin yang of words are important and they're vital and they're essential and then at the same time they can also be irrelevant in you know in the music that we're listening to so they're both important and not important and I, it also speaks to that idea of taking ourselves less seriously and taking ourselves more seriously. Mm, yeah. And it, you know, it's a, a type of kind kindness that we can practice is what part of us uh, do we need to take more seriously? You know, what are we carrying that, uh, that really makes us feel like a fraud? Yeah. I think that this points to all of my guests when I talk about self-kindness in some way, they're pointing back to it all begins with just noticing, just being aware, just <laughs> just the simple act of putting some attention on on what's here right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put the ball in your court. Uh, would you take us out with with what feels right for you? Um, is it a poem? Is it uh, a little bit of beatbox? Is it um, just some parting words? Um, I think I will sing a song like I was talking about earlier. I like to sing songs that that I've learned last. Um, so I always sing a song that I that for the first time in public. So this is the latest song I've been learning, and uh, it is a great old tune called "Here's a Help to the Company," and. It, 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 it won't follow the plan, so let's just get on with it. Uh, and this is for you, Pete, and Anne, and all the, mm -hmm. all, all the gang over there, and uh, for anyone listening. Come, friends and companions, come join me in line. Come, lift up your voices in chorus with mine. Come, lift up your voices, all grief to refrain. For we may or might never all meet here again. So here's a health to the company and one to my lads. We'll drink and be merry all out of one glass. We'll drink and be merry all grief to refrain. For we may or might never all meet here again. And here's a health to the wee lass that I love so well. For style and for beauty, no one can excel. And there's a smile on her countenance as she sits on me knee. And there is no one in this wide world as happy as me. So here's a health to the company and one to my lass. We'll drink and be merry all out of one glass. We'll drink and be merry all grief to refrain. For we may or might never all meet here again. So here's a health to the company and one to my lass. And we'll drink and be merry all out of one glass. We'll drink and be merry all grief to refrain. For we may or might never all meet here again. Okay. May it be so.
Thank you, dear one. Thank you for sharing. How can Honored. we find Thank you? Yeah. How can we find more of you out there in that? Sure. Uh, that ethos. You can. The, the, one of the great uh, frontiers of working with my brother and my mom is a, a website called Turus de Anam. So that means journey of the soul in the Irish language. T U R A S Turus Danam D A N A N T U R A S D A N A N. That's TurusDanam.com. He's in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. and um, we do some online courses and run tours to Ireland. So when did you come and sign up? Put your email in there, and you'll hear about what we're offering. And then me and my brother uh, are Owen and Molly, um, still trying to change the Spotify name to my new deeper dispensatory name. Um, mm -hmm. So that's Owen and Moly. You can check us out at owenandmoly.com, or else you can find us on Spotify or Apple Music, whatever. And you can buy my book of poetry through davidwhite.com, D-A-V-I-D-W-H-Y-T-E.com, or it's on Amazon, Early Music uh, wow. Poetry and Miholo Sullivan. Yeah. So I'm hopping on and getting a copy right now. Do, 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 do. That'd be lovely. Yeah, I'd love that. Wow. Well, thanks for taking the time. So grateful to talk self-kindness with you it's great yeah it's great it, this is another milestone for me you know to 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 be able to speak on a on a authentic and serious level uh with brilliant minds like yourself um <laughs> while taking ourselves not too seriously but seriously enough hmm. seriously but not too seriously i love it thank you michal for those fun inspired thoughts that beautiful song and i did i right after our interview i went out and i picked up a copy of his poetry and i love it it's sitting on the nightstand right now so reclaiming and how are you being serious about reclaiming self-kindness in your life where can you lessen up on how serious you are about you know being that to-do list person and now I'm excited to share in the words of some of you exactly what this self-kindness journey can mean in your life. And this is from someone that I'm working with in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Woo. Little shout out to Jackson there. Uh, and this client said that, Pete, working with you has allowed me to put myself as the focus. This has often gotten lost due to my work of helping others, especially during a pandemic. It's so great having someone to connect with about an issue that's really been bothering me. And I find an ease in working with you that I'm able to open up quickly and we can work on what's coming up. This has been totally worth my investment and I feel that I'm receiving more than I expected. And my response is, thank you. You're so worth it. And you are an example of that fierce and courageous self-kindness in action. So I would be thrilled to work with you and to explore and grow your fierce and courageous self-kindness. So reach out petesibley.com or you can email me at peterksibley at gmail and let's begin the dialogue. And if it's not with me, I invite you to find the place, find the person, find the organization that works for you. Don't put it off any longer. And thanks so much for being here. I know you have <laughs> so many things to do, like we talked about. And the fact that you would spend some time with me with listening to this podcast. Thanks again to Union Yoga and Captain and Stoker for being our support sponsors today. And be kind. I love you. And until next week, I'll leave you with this song.
hands when we're speaking the truth. 